Commencing countdown. Three, two, one. This is the Contracting Experience. Connecting government contracting professionals to the world around them through conversations with acquisition influencers, insights into evolving hot topics, and sharing lessons learned from the field. Hello, Contracting Experience Podcast listeners. This is Amber Pecorero, your podcast host for the last five years. This episode will be my final episode hosting the podcast. I feel so grateful to have been given the opportunity to host so many great conversations that have informed you and given you different perspectives in the government acquisition space that we work in. Thank you so much to all the dedicated listeners that have gone on this journey with me. I'm excited for you to hear this next episode as I partnered with Air Force Material Command's Small Business Directorate to interview two business leaders of women-owned small businesses who have successfully entered the Department of the Air Force market and have demonstrated their capabilities and commitment to the Air Force mission. They are Jacqueline Gamblin, Chief Executive Officer of JYG Innovations, and Lisa Coker. Chief Executive Officer of Infinite Management Solutions. The Department of the Air Force and Air Force Material Command have a phenomenal small business program, setting new records of small business spend, significantly exceeding the small business goals established for both. This is excellent news as we collectively work to strengthen our industrial base and leverage small business innovation to meet mission need. Yet one area we historically struggle in is the number of women-owned small business and spend, or in contract terms, the number of contracts, awards, and obligations. Women-owned small businesses have successfully entered and performed in the Department of Defense marketplace. In this conversation, we discuss what challenges these women-owned small businesses have faced in doing business with the government and how the acquisition community can partner with women-owned small businesses to better collaborate and execute Air Force missions. This podcast episode and the mention or appearance of external links does not constitute or imply official endorsement on behalf of the U.S. Department of the Air Force or Department of Defense. The Department of the Air Force does not endorse any non-federal entities, companies, products, or services. Moreover, the Department of the Air Force does not exercise any responsibility or oversight of the content at external link destinations mentioned during this podcast. The views expressed within this podcast are those of the host and the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Department of the Air Force, the DOD, or the U.S. government. I hope you enjoy this candid and informative conversation. Welcome, Jackie and Lisa, to the podcast. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Thanks, Amber. Yeah, of course. I really appreciate you ladies coming in for this. I'm really excited for this conversation and for the workforce to hear this conversation. So first question, um, Jackie, I'll go to you. What is your company's origin story and what products or services do you provide to customers? Well, thank you. Um, I'm actually a military brat. My father is a retired Air Force veteran, so... I was exposed to uh, the Air Force mission early. Mm -hmm. Um, And really after graduating from college, um, I went to work uh, in the IT industry for a defense contractor and learned the business. And so I was fortunate enough after several years to 
to make the decision to venture out on my own. And that was about 15 years ago when I decided to start JYG Innovations. Uh, best decision I ever made. And really we are focused on providing IT professional services. So we are focused on supporting the mission on areas from logistics to medical services uh, to weapon systems. So we provide subject matter expertise in the areas of information technology throughout the full software development life cycle. So uh, it's been a labor of love, but we, we love what we do and we're just dedicated to help and support our warfighters. Awesome. Lisa, what about you? Yeah, so I'm an Air Force veteran. Um, I served 12 years active duty and then another eight and a half as a civil servant. And at about 20 and a half years of total federal service, I decided to venture out and take the leap of faith and start my own business. Yeah. And so that was seven years ago. And um, again, like Jackie, the best decision I could have ever made. I like to um, tell my clients and our internal you know, stakeholders and, uh, and um, employees that I have worn all three hats. Mm -hmm. So active duty, civilian, and now a defense contractor. Mm -hmm. And so we don't point the finger at one another. It really is a total force fight. And so um, I'm just fortunate to be able to still serve an excellent customer and that's the warfighter. So the services we provide are um, really around all things change management. So any type of um, reorg in the DOD space or federal government space, we're the people to call because we help ease the angst that mm. comes with change. Yeah. Um, and so that can deal with anything from um, strategic planning, strategic communications, process improvement, program and project management. Um, but we come alongside our clients and really help them achieve their mission. So mission focused still, even after all these years. Mm -hmm. And that's what my company is built upon. So excited to be here. Great. Well, it's good to hear both of your ladies' backgrounds and, and, and that even though you were involved somewhat into the military, you're still keeping those ties, you know, professionally and, and helping the warfighter now. So that's great. All right. So Lisa, we'll start with you on this next one. Why were you interested in entering the Department of Defense Marketplace? And what are some barriers you have encountered? So the Department of Defense, um, I would say I entered it because I just enjoyed the mission. So mm -hmm. so truly, ever since I was 18, like I drank the Kool-Aid and haven't been able to put the Kool-Aid jar down. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I entered the DOD space, because I, I really do enjoy the mission. Um, what was your other question? What are barriers? Some, yeah, what are some barriers okay. that you've encountered? Let's start. Let's yeah. start it. <laughs> All right. So one of the first and main barriers that I had entering into the Department of Defense is how does a customer get to me as the business owner and my services? Mm -hmm. So it probably took me about 15 months to be able to really understand, like, someone just can't come to Lisa Coker and buy what Lisa Coker mm -hmm. has to sell. Um, really working with the contracting officers and understanding what vehicles are available and what are the NAICs available on mm -hmm. those vehicles. Um, so really understanding that landscape and then understanding it enough to educate the customer. Mm -hmm. Because even when I was in the GS civil service, I didn't know how to purchase or acquire services. Mm -hmm. Um, so unless you're really in that acquisition space, you really don't know how to get to what you're trying to purchase. Right. Um, so I would say that is one of the, the main barriers 
as a business owner is understanding how to sell to the government and what vehicles exist for them to get to you. Yeah. And what was your experience with that, Jackie? I, I think it's it's tied to what, what Lisa is sharing, um, but I would put it from the framework of access, you know, access to customers. Um, I think, um, especially I would say post-pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, with a hybrid work environment, a remote work environment, um, it was already difficult before, you know, sometimes <laughs> to be in the right place, whether you're attending a conference or an industry day mm -hmm. or setting up uh, courtesy visits. But it's become more of a challenge now, just making sure you can get that access to customers and buyers. And why that's important is you really want to make sure that we understand what is the challenge? What's the problem you're trying to solve? Mm -hmm. And the more we know mm -hmm. about that, the more we understand your requirement, the better solution we can provide, the better proposal we can provide. And I think that we sometimes feel like um, some of our, our buyers don't understand that. They think, I shouldn't share, you know, why do you want to know this information? You know, um, should we give you this information? I'm like, hey, mm -hmm. if it's about your requirement, and, and not just with JYG, mm -hmm. um, with everyone, anyone that's interested in trying to support you, the more we know, the better solution we can provide. Um, because we've been in this business a long time, and a lot of times those solutions or requirements maybe a little vague, and then that no one wins, right? right? The, the <laughs> industry comes in and they're saying, that's not what we really wanted to buy. And you're saying, well, that's right. not what we really thought you were buying. Um, so that, that confusion and lack of clarity has, has been a barrier. Yeah. Um, and the reason you know, we, we entered into this space was we wanna be a trusted partner. I mean, that is our mission as, as someone in industry providing a service that we know uh, the government, the DOD needs, is if we can't add value, you know, if we can't walk step and step by step with you uh, to provide that solution, then we all fail. Um, so that's mm -hmm. that's the whole point of using, you know, defense contractors is to support the mission. Um, and we want to find the best mm -hmm. ways to do that. So anything we can do to eliminate those type of barriers, I think would be helpful for everyone. Yeah. So and you mentioned, um, you know, what problem do we want you to solve? You know, it's as much, and so we have a lot of acquisition folks listening to this podcast. Okay. And so with that said, sometimes on our end, we don't know exactly what that issue is that we need to solve or that mission, what we're doing to get that mission right. So from our end and, and General Holt, you know, he mm -hmm. went into this a lot of like being mission focused business leaders. Yes. And General Trevino is a big proponent of that as well, is knowing what you're buying, right? Mm -hmm. And why, right? Right. Because then we can better communicate with industry, with our industry partners. Um, and so that's a big thing. And then we also, it also causes us to talk across the aisle to our requirements owners, right? And figure right. out like, what do you need <laughs> and why do you need it? And and it, it helps bring us closer to, to the mission as well, right. right? It helps us really strengthen our why when we get to see, you know, our, our teammates that we're actually helping, right, out in the, out in the field. So, mm -hmm. um, so I love that you both kind of brought, brought those things up. Um, are there any other barriers that come to mind, even if it's, you know, when you're, um, you actually get that contract or you're in the middle of getting the contract, anything like that that comes to mind? Another barrier, so from that standpoint, would be um, from the time that you have an agreement in place and the time that it actually gets on contract and payment, there's a lag, especially mm -hmm. on that first payment. Mm -hmm. So as a small business owner, um, you're having to, you know, front the funds, knowing right. that the government will pay, right? That's the beauty of servicing the Department of Defense. You know you will get paid. Mm -hmm. 
when you will get paid right, right. is sometimes the issue. Right. And so you have to have enough working capital mm-hmm. um, to be able to make sure that the business still operates while you're waiting for your first payment. So some of that, you know, going back and forth with contracting or the program manager and making sure that everything, you know, is what what we've all agreed to from that time to the time that you first get a payment could be 60 to 90 days. Yeah. But you have a staff. Yeah, that you have to pay. You have a staff yeah. who's right. ready to support the mission and right. who's probably supporting the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, so you still have to make payroll. Right. People still have to put food on the table. Right. Um, and so that would be something that you have to be mindful of. And mm-hmm. even when... Um, You know, comrades of mine who have worked on the base and they're learning about small business, they're like, oh, my gosh, when I was on the other side of the fence, I didn't know how big of an impact this was. These contracting processes and Mm -hmm. expediting, you know, when you're dealing with the small business, we're different than Boeing and KBR. Mm -hmm. Right. We don't have a ton of funds Mm -hmm. um, in the reserve. Right. So. Um, just being mindful of that to your acquisition workforce when you're dealing with small businesses. We love supporting you all. Um, we're agile enough and we, we're small enough to care about your mission. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of working with small businesses. We really get to know our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but with that, it's like, just be mindful. This is a small business. So let's not hold up the funds. Right. Um, so that, that would be just one of the things. Right. If we want to do businesses with small businesses, then we need to make sure that we're, you know, paying them appropriately and in a timely manner so that way they can stay in business. Yes. Yes. The operations of the business relies heavily on payments. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Anything else come to mind, Jackie? I I would add even prior to the award, if we go into the acquisitions uh, cycle and talk about, you know, the RFI, the Mm -hmm. market research, Mm -hmm. I think lack of feedback um, and that process is can be a barrier. Um, knowing you can't maybe um, answer every question that someone may have, but I think if a, an, a company you know takes the effort and, and spends those dollars to prepare a response and submit, and they follow up, you know, mm-hmm. hey, I just want to know where this is. Did, it, did is there a, <laughs> is there a contract coming? An RFP yeah. coming? You would be surprised that that is an answer that is hard to get. Um, that it kind of goes into a dark hole. And so then we hear quite often that, oh, we don't get enough responses or people aren't responding, but a lot of companies get discouraged, right? Because they feel like, well, you know, what's the point of responding? You're never going to hear anything. You're never going to get any feedback. And again, I think it all leads to, you know, getting a better solution, uh, a better proposal, if we could get that type of feedback. And then the other thing is any type of forecast, Um, I think we all who, especially who work with different agencies within the Department of Defense, you know, some organizations put out a forecast of opportunities, especially Mm -hmm. if it's recurring work. Um, Anything that you can do to to make us do our homework, Mm -hmm. right? Make Mm -hmm. us be better prepared. Um, I think any of that information that can be shared, you know, would be helpful as well. Um, And then the last thing I would just share related to the people, you know, our service, you know, our product is people. Mm -hmm. We provide that subject matter expertise. And I think the timing of awards is also something to be mindful of. Um, Everybody who, you know, has insurance, medical insurance and all those benefits understand the impact of deductibles and things of that nature. But I've had conversations with some acquisition professionals who don't understand that. That says, hey, when you change this midstream, 
it is an impact to employees. And so we're dealing with people. So I think they sometimes think we're dealing with, you know, robots that <laughs> yeah. you go and say, oh, by the way, you know, I know you, uh, were, you were in your 401k and you were vested or you had your deductible all paid up and now you're starting over. I mean, there are just things that we have to consider. And I understand it's our responsibility as a right. business owner and we want to make the best decisions. But mm -hmm. I think that that communication, the more information that can be shared and the timeliness of actions helps us be better prepared uh, to make sure that we, we get workforce who are ready and, and are ready to perform on day one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like what you were talking about, especially with like the RFIs and just really just kind of sharing that information. And I think it's helpful for the workforce to hear from you both mm -hmm. and, and businesses like you, because um, I think a lot of times it can get overwhelming with the amount of requirements that the that these folks are working, yes. right? Like mm -hmm. the, the contracting folks, the acquisition folks, right? And so they can it can become a paper pushing process. Sure. And when that happens, of course, then you disconnect from <laughs> the mission, you disconnect from the people you're working with. So I think this conversation is great just to remind everybody like, hey, there's people behind all of this. There's people behind the mission that we're serving and the people that we're working with. Mm -hmm. And when we can keep that in mind, I think it helps with, oh, I'm putting an RFI out and maybe, or I put it out and maybe I need to share a little bit more information with the folks that kind of showed interest, sure. right? Or, or, sure. or anybody else that would be interested. So um, so I, I love everything that you guys are saying as far as sharing those barriers. And and um, and I do wanna ask you know, before we move on, are there any others that you wanna share? No, I think those are kind of some of the hot items, and 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 we definitely understand the workload that our acquisition professionals have. Um, so we're always trying to think of ways that you know yeah. we can be helpful. Um, and I think you know just that that collaboration, and we that's why this is such a great opportunity to be able to share some of our th thoughts and ideas uh, to see that we can get a better process. Absolutely, great. All right, so now we're going to go into how do we overcome those barriers. Sure. So so I'll start with Jackie, but you guys okay. chime in. Okay. So Jackie, how did you overcome some of those barriers and what are your suggestions for how the acquisition workforce can best work with small businesses to overcome barriers in the future? I, I think we had to take some ownership. You know, I talked earlier about access um, and being more intentional in our efforts, you know, to be present and to, to meet with customers, buyers, you know, program managers, uh, whether that's attending conferences, networking events, mm -hmm. uh, professional organizations, you know, um, uh, Lisa and I both are members in Women, Women in Defense, uh, which is a, a professional organization, AFSEA. Mm -hmm. Again, just, just trying mm -hmm. to make sure that we're going to be where you are. You don't right, have to come find right, us, that right. we can be in places that where you're attending um, to be able to increase our, our networking opportunities. The other thing is um, we invest a lot in professional development. Um, we want to make sure that we're staying abreast because you're counting on us mm -hmm. to be the experts. Um, so we want to make sure that we are ready for the challenge. You know, I'm in the technical industry. So uh, from cybersecurity to artificial intelligence, machine learning, you know, we're making sure that we're staying abreast of the latest and greatest technology so we can be ready for right. the requirement and help our customers get to where they want to go. Great. Lisa, any, any thoughts or anything that you found helpful in overcoming some of those barriers? Um, I would definitely echo what Jackie said about networking. Mm -hmm. So networking, networking, networking. Um, and I would also kind of challenge the acquisition workforce to do the same, mm -hmm. right? It's exciting to uh, come across a program manager or a new, you know, GS-14 or GS-15 new to Dayton or new to the area mm -hmm. just to get out there and join those associations. Mm -hmm. Like we're there, the ones who are serious about mm -hmm. partnering with the DOD, we're yep. going to be there. 
it's exciting to see the government side there as well. So I would say, you know, in the acquisition workforce, challenge your supervisors, you know, get out there and go to these various conferences. Mm -hmm. There's some, you know, contracting conferences. I went to one that was absolutely lovely in Orlando, <laughs> Florida. Um, Even better, yeah. Orlando. <laughs> and then there's one in Hawaii. I'm like, oh, okay. all the contract <laughs> When was I not? Why was I not called for this? <laughs> um, but they at San Diego. Yeah. So there's some really cool conferences and summits that are going on right now. Mm -hmm. I would say um, to the acquisition workforce, you know, get out there, like learn industry, learn mm -hmm. academia, learn the partners out there. Like we're out here to come alongside you and help you achieve your mission. Um, but, but come along and, and get out there and get, get in the mix with us. Yeah. Um, so just tapping into the networking piece. Um, I would also say, um, I already said prioritize networking, but fostering relationships. So, mm -hmm. so not only just networking, but being open, right? When mm -hmm. you get there, I'm going to meet three new business leaders, Yeah. right? Coming there with an objective. And really learning, you know, what is it that you do? Here's what I'm looking for. What is it that you do? A lot of times we may not even do what a customer is looking for, but we have other leaders in our network, yeah. right? That when we're talking to someone, we can say, oh, you need IT professionals. I don't do IT, but mm -hmm. guess what? Let me connect you with Jackie right mm -hmm. quick. So it's really about expanding your network. Um, so that's what I would say for the acquisition Great. professionals. Great. Join those or those professional organizations. Yeah, and don't be afraid to reach out, right? Like for on our end, if we have questions or whatever, if market research and that yes. stuff, reaching out Absolutely. To, to you all. Absolutely. Ask. We are just a phone call away. And it's and I think it I think, you know, I've seen as involved over my time in the industry is understanding it seems like if there's less understanding that's a conversation. Mm -hmm. That you can have dialogue and dialogue yeah. is a good thing. Right. Um, it shouldn't be one way, you know, I mean so the back and forth uh, exchange, you know, as long as we're following all the rules, which we know mm -hmm. we all want mm -hmm. to, I think is a good thing. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking for that. And I think all the, the really great companies that are in this business uh, would benefit from it. All right, ladies. So last question, Lisa, I'll start with you. If you could communicate one thing to the acquisition workforce from this conversation, what would it be? You can have two, too, if you want. Okay. <laughs> I would say, um, tap into small businesses. We are really the heartbeat of the nation, of the economy, right? Mm -hmm. um, again, with small businesses, we are small enough to care, but big enough to achieve the mission. Mm -hmm. So it's the perfect balance. Um, the second thing, since you gave me two, no, you can have as many as you I want. would say is please, please, please tap into your small business professionals. So most organizations, I know at least in AFMC and prop, throughout DOD, there's a small business professional attached to most organizations. Mm -hmm. Get to know your small business professionals because when most small businesses are entering this space, they are really fostering a relationship with the small business professional first. Mm -hmm. And so it's very helpful to consult with the small business professional before you even build out your acquisition strategy, mm -hmm. because they're going to be able to tell you, hey, there's a small business. There's a couple of small businesses yeah. that can achieve these requirements that can help you with this. We want you all talking to the small business professionals. Mm -hmm. 
um, because where you can set them aside and still, you know, mm-hmm. be within the legal realms, we want you to, yeah. right? And they're going to coach the acquisition professionals on what, what we can do or what you can do and what you can't do. Right. So I would say, please tap into them. Most, some are untapped resources. Yeah. No, I think that's a good reminder because, you know, like I said, you, you're working several projects and several requirements. And so can get, it'll be like, okay, I got a lot of stuff going on. But to understand that you're not alone yes, and that you can reach out to the resource that you have, you're right. So the small business office, and then they may be able to connect you with Absolutely. different companies that can do those types of things and all of that stuff. So, so you're not alone out there. So tap into your resources. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Jackie, what about you? I, I, I would even take it down another level and say, not only just your small businesses, your women-owned small businesses, yes. because <laughs> we are out there, yeah. and and we are we are performing in probably every service offering that you can think of to mm-hmm. meet the needs. And I think you know sometimes it's the forgotten you know uh, uh, acquisition strategy mm-hmm. yeah. is the women-owned small business set aside. And yeah. I think um, I think you know the the data and things that have been gathered. Yes. You know, over the past few years that are helping demonstrate that women-owned small businesses are performing uh, throughout the Department of Defense um, in competitive environments. Um, but they're out there and they and I think it's underutilized. I know there are goals that we meet, um, mm-hmm. but I, I think that we can easily exceed those goals with the capabilities. And I can say here in, mm-hmm. the, in, our, in the Dayton area where we're located, um, Lisa and I are just a small representative Absolutely. of the woman-owned small businesses that are doing great things mm-hmm. in this area, particularly within the uh, AFMC. Yeah. Um, so just just take advantage of that, and it and it really is to your advantage because you, you know there's that limited competition mm-hmm. where you you know now uh, the number of proposals may be limited, the evaluations may be more streamlined, and still being able to obtain that great service. Um, yeah. So we're competitive, and we mm-hmm. want to compete. Yeah, right. um, and, and we want to really continue to grow and offer mm-hmm. opportunities. Um, and I would say, you know, that's that's been a challenge um, because sometimes, you know, we tend to be pigeonholed on what people expect. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when you're out there networking and broadening mm-hmm. your horizons and reaching out to your small business professionals, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. You know, our acquisition professional will be presently surprised if they ever were just to say, tell me the women-owned small businesses that are performing within my organization. Right. Yeah. They, they they won't even be aware of the number that are out there already, mm-hmm. you know, with great past performance and great capabilities. Right. Well, and I'm glad that you brought that up because actually I'm going to put a plug in right now for a webinar that um, Air Force Material Command Small Business just did yesterday. Um, so if you're listening to this, if you go to Air Force Contracting Central um, in January 2024, you'll be able to find the webinar. And they answered a lot of great questions on how to work with women-owned small businesses. Um, and provided a lot of good data and information as you discussed about how well you guys are competing and how well you're performing and all those things. So That's great to hear. Um, so uh, for the professionals out there, I would go look that up and, and take a listen to that. Okay, so ladies, anything else that you want to add before we close today? No, just thank you again for the opportunity. I mean, this has just been great just to be able to share some of our ideas and thoughts and uh, we, as you can tell, I hopefully the listeners can tell, we love what we do. Uh, we have a passion for what we do, um, and we just want to continue to provide great service. Awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you, Amber, for having us. And if they do go back to uh, watch the webinar, pay close attention to the process flow chart. 
that Jeff and team developed on how to do the set-asides for WOSBs yeah. in uh, EDWOSBs. We are extremely grateful for that training. Mm -hmm. And so now we just hope that the acquisition workforce utilize the training and we see more sole source and set-asides for WOSBs. Yeah, we're, we're, we're both national companies, so wherever you're located, we'd love to do business with you. Absolutely. Great. Yes. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you, ladies. If you have suggestions for topics or people to interview or feedback on the podcast, you can submit those at thecontractingexperience at gmail.com. I want to thank you all for listening to the Contracting Experience Podcast. Until next time, keep connecting to the world around you.